Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. All right, the Word of the Lord for you is we need some B.O. We're going to pray right now because the Lord is going to talk to you about having a little more B.O. Let's pray. Help! God, help us tonight. Give us ears to hear and a heart to receive because you're speaking to us at this very moment in season. In Jesus' name, amen. My wife and I have worked, I'm serious, if you're like writing in notes, you're like a note-taking person, we need some B.O. And I, I call it that in hopes that you'll not forget what I'm bringing about, because it's actually true. We do need a little more B.O. around here. And some of you are really confused right now. It's supposed to be like a religious gathering, not supposed to shoot cats and talk about body odor. But I'm going to help you, okay? And I'm actually going to help all of us. My wife and I have enjoyed being involved in children's ministry in various capacities for 20-plus years. And one of the things that we are, are so proud that the Lord has allowed us to do is have a uh, a preteen ministry. In fact, before the word pre- preteen was even a word, before it was even invented, we had started a ministry just for 10, 11, and 12-year-olds. And one of the things, and I love 10, 11, and 12-year-olds. They're like my favorite category of kids that we get to work with. And, and one of the things that's characteristic is during that time frame, there is changes happening, and all of a sudden, the scent of the room starts taking on a different... Thank you. Aroma. And as a student, fifth grade, they're going to be in there a couple of years, a fifth grader is in there for two years, and as that two years progresses it kind of gets a little stronger and there is an aroma of something that's changing. It's the smell of maturity. Their body is starting to change, right? There's a mature something happening physically and they start having body odor. All the 10, 11, and 12-year-olds, and this this is common for me, you need to wear deodorant. Moms and dads, just tell them to put it on. Save all of us. I have no problems telling a 10-year-old boy, you stink, go put something on. What a powerful ministry that is. Saves entire households. So, you know, B.O. is a sign that their body is starting to mature. Well, B.O. is also a sign that there's a spiritual maturity taking place. But it doesn't stand for body odor. Would you take your Bible? I was just using that to, like, try to get your attention here. But it is true. And we're going to talk about B.O. Take your Bible, if you would. Stand with me. We're going to read... From the book of Exodus, 
God has a pattern. Let me just tell you right now. God has a pattern as to how he operates. He has an intention and plan. It's not just something he makes up real quick to fix something. He is the master orchestrator. Everybody understand that. The master planner. He's got it all figured out. When he is when his intentions and time frames come about and he wants to do something big, he's looking for a person that will obey him. When he's wanting to do something profound, he starts looking for a person and a group of people who will obey him and say, yes, Lord. In fact, he's looking for some B-O. Take a look at Exodus. Let's start with chapter 31. Okay, here's a couple of names. Look at that, B and O. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen B, Bezalel, son of a bunch of people, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, knowledge, and all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for working gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. Moreover, I have pointed O. You got it now? Those of you that were lost your minds because I said B.O., you know, we need some more B.O. And you looked at your children and went, no way. Oholiab, I guess that's how you say it, son of somebody else. Also, I have given skill to all the craftsmen to make everything I've commanded you. Very interesting. The tent of meeting, Ark of the Testimony with the atonement cover on it, and all the other furnishings in the tent, the table and its articles, pure gold lampstands and all accessories, altar of incense, altar of burnt offering, and all of its utensils, the basin with its stand. And also the woven garments, both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and for his sons when they serve as priests, and the anointing oil and fragrant incense for the holy place. They are to make them just as I commanded you. Turn a few pages to chapter 35. Take a look at this. Let's uh, let's pick up chapter 35 and let's pick up on verse 30. So kind of go down there a little bit. And here they are again. Then Moses said to the Israelites, see, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, knowledge, and all kinds of crafts, make artistic designs for gold, silver, and bronze, cut and set stones, work in wood, and engage in all kinds of artistic craftsmanship. And he's given both him and Oholiab, son of Ahishamash, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others He's filled them with skill to do all kinds of work, craftsmen, designers, embroiders, blue, purple, scarlet, yarn, fine linen, and weavers. All of them master craftsmen and designers. And then it goes on and tells they're going to start in the work, and here's all the stuff, and here's the gold, and all this and that. We've read what we need to read. Let's pray. Did we already pray? Let's pray again. Father, give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we have the Israelites 
have left Egypt, and God has a way that he's now going to allow them to encounter him. And he is going to do something life-changing, history-changing. This is a really big moment in the history of Israel. It's course-changing. It's national course-changing. It's the construction of the tabernacle and the sacrificial system. This is a big moment. And it's got to be done the right way. What's the point of the sacrificial system? You have to ask yourself this. How, does a, how do a sinful people dwell with a holy God? And how can a holy God dwell with a sinful people? So that's the point of the whole tabernacle system, and everything in it points to Jesus. Everything they make, every piece of furniture, some unusual pieces of furniture, the way it's made, the way it's laid out, the order of it, it all points to Jesus as a whole and as individual pieces. And God's pattern for doing big things and and pulling and and, and you know, like uh, big tasks is still the same. He's looking for a Bezalel and a Oholiab that will help him. And so, what is it about them that we need to hear today that would cause us to be like them in a position where God would choose? us. So I want to do like a leadership study here. And I love to read leadership books. I'm a leadership book reader. I have some authors that are, I read more than others, but it just, it's kind of the way my brain works. So when I read the Bible, it's one of the lenses that I look through. So I want to bring, I want to bring out to you what I see about these two guys, the B and the O. Are you with me? B.O. We need some B.O. if we're going to touch Alaska. What am I saying? Let me break it down. Let me bring to you, what is it about these guys in the leadership lens that made them get chosen, stay chosen, and finish the job? Because being chosen is one thing. Staying chosen is another thing. And finishing the job is thirdly altogether. There's a lot of people that start, but don't live in such a way to finish. They're so excited that they got chosen, but then they didn't do the rest of it. Let's take a look at these guys. And this is in no specific order, okay? We're just going to look at these two these two you know, passages here working together to give us some clues about why God would choose them. So the first thing you want to write down here is they understood submission to leadership. Now this is a hard test for a lot of people, especially in the cultural Western society that we live in today. It's kind of foreign, submission to leadership, because what we hear in movies and everything is believe in yourself. 
You can be everything you want to be. You can be anything. And, you know, chart your own course. Reach for the stars and chart your own course. Our kids have heard that ever since they were born, if you've let them watch particular brands of movies. So that the thought, the word submission is foreign to a lot of people. They want to be, they want total freedom and still get rewarded and still get all the perks, and but they want total freedom. These guys understood submission to leaders. This is interesting. Okay, look. Bezalel, here's some, here's some points with this. Bezalel and Oholiab, they were way more gifted than Moses was. But they were not the main leaders. Isn't that interesting? They, in all of their amazing anointed abilities, anointed. You don't see too often in the word, in the Old Testament that God filled someone with his spirit. See, in the Old Testament, the spirit of God wasn't poured out for everyone who wants it. That's the New Testament. That's after the day of Pentecost. So in the Old Testament, it's only every once in a while you find an instance where you see the phrase that God had filled them with his spirit. So we have that here. So it's really rare. These guys were filled with the spirit in the Old Testament, but they weren't the main leader. They had to submit to Moses even though he wasn't as gifted as they were. Very interesting. The approach, right? Even though these two guys, B.O., even though they had expert-level ability, they were required to get their directions from Moses. The Lord did not speak to them the directions. How interesting. They were filled with the Spirit. They had all the talents they needed, but they couldn't do what God wanted them to do without a leader to tell them the directions to go. I just want you to hear that today because so many people have this idea that the only way God could use them is if they're the top brass and no one else can tell them what to do. Did you know most people, very few people, are going to be the top brass of anything? We, As a staff, we have a mentoring time with Pastor Daniel on Fridays. Very powerful time. And we hit a myriad of topics. And so every once in a while, I, I get to lead that time. And I love to present John Maxwell materials. And one of the ones we recently looked at is is a very uh, powerful book called The 360 Degree Leader. And he presents right from the beginning, the purpose of the book is to help people because most people are going to be somewhere in the middle of an organization. They're not going to be the decision makers. They're going to be caught somewhere in the middle. 
And so we have Bezalel and Oholiab in that position. They're in the middle. And God picks them because they could approach Moses the right way. What way? Not this. This would be the wrong way. We can do this way better than Moses. Maybe we should be leading everybody. That wasn't their approach. That was some other people's approach. And guess what God did to them? The earth ate them. I'm pretty sure they didn't want that to happen to them. So they approached a different way. You're the guy, Moses. Just tell us what to do. We'll make it happen. The submission test, they, they could pass that test. Can you pass the submission test? It's one of the major tests of elevation in the kingdom of God. You got to remember, God's the elevator. God's the one that elevates people in ministry. Can you pass that submission test? That's a great question, something to think about. You know, it keeps a lot of people from being elevated. People don't like submission. Here's what I've found. Okay, we've done this for a long time. Check this scenario out. I don't like submitting to a leader, so I'm going to keep going around from church to church and pretend I have an amazing ministry and boast about myself, but never get planted where I have to submit to someone. Submission to leadership is key to fulfilling what God has for you. And what God created you to be is submitting to your leaders. For us to to, uh, operate well in the submitted to leadership aspect, like these two guys, we need to understand the difference between self-promotion and selfless promotion. Those are two different things, self-promotion, selfless promotion. This is from, uh, I'm not here to preach John Maxwell, but this is what he says. To succeed in this middle leadership thing that most of us find ourselves in, you got to know the difference between the two. Self-promotion says, if I don't toot my own horn, no one will toot it for me. Selfless promotion, on the other hand, says, I just want to help the team make beautiful music. Two different ways to view your position with respect to the leader. The next thing that made B and O, we're just going to call them B-O because I get tired of wondering if I said their name right. B-O is they could color inside the lines even though their talent And their abilities would give them to color outside the lines. So, in other words, they could work within the guidelines. This is so so important to understand about these guys. They had the power of the Holy Ghost empowering their abilities to work with any kind of craft. Yet they had to take their abilities and only do what Moses told them they could do. They didn't get to reinterpret what Moses said and say this. Well, I think we should do this instead. 
We know how to work with gold. Moses don't know how to work with gold. Who does Moses think he is telling me how to work with gold? I'm going to do this how I think it should be done. Wow. That's a really uh, challenging position to make sure that you're humble in your abilities and in your talents when submitting to leadership. It's coloring in the lines is how we would say that. Even though B.O. was anointed, expert, highly gifted craftsman, he had to work through the instructions, and it had to be precise. Well, I think we ought to put like a little cat head on this lampstand. Let's put like a little cat head on this lampstand. I like cats. Do you like cats? No, I don't like cats. Well, I do. I think we're going to put a little cat head on here. I'm really good at cat heads, so I'm going to put it on this lampstand. They didn't get to do that. They didn't get to make it their own expression. Does that make sense? Why did God choose them? I'm telling you why he chose them. Because of the way they completed the task. They didn't reinterpret it. They stayed in the lines that Moses gave them. So important in growing in the kingdom of God. Wherever you are, whatever you've been asked to do, what are the lines? How do you want me to do this? I'm going to do what you asked me to do. His own ideas of creativity had boundaries or somebody else would have been chosen. It's important to understand. He was diligent. He stayed in those lines. He was diligent. He took all of his expertise and put it right inside those, the banks in the river right there. So they were submitted to leadership. They worked with the guidelines that Moses gave them. Next, their work was for someone after them. Did you know they didn't get to use the things they made? They made all kinds of of furniture and tapestries, but it wasn't for them. They didn't get to use it. They didn't light the lamps. They didn't burn the things on the... Do you know who it was for? It was for the priests and the Levites. They built the articles for them to use. Just going to pause there for a moment. Because sometimes our humanness keeps us from serving God unless we're going to get credit and get everything that we think we deserve from something. It's called entitlement. Entitlement is simply, you could say it this way, I deserve. That's what entitlement means. I deserve. I'm not going to do this if I don't get what I deserve. They did all this labor and someone else got to enjoy their work. Could you do that? Could I do that? That is a great question for us to ask ourselves today. Because if we can't be like them, it's going to keep us from being all that God wants us to be. (laughs) Whatever you do in ministry is just another layer of foundation for other people to, to stand on. 
There's many people who think I invented Hawaii's biggest Easter egg hunt. My wife and I used to be on staff in, in Maui for 14, 15 years. And they, the church there, as we have done here, have a large Easter egg hunt. Pastor talked about it this morning. A large Easter egg hunt for people to come to that don't know they're going to hear the gospel when they come to it. It's an outreach. And slowly over a course of time working with my supervisor, I slowly started taking over the Easter egg hunts there. And I've had the privilege of preaching to thousands upon thousands and thousands of children and their families in, in various ways. But it's not really my event. Someone else started it. And I had the privilege of communicating in what they already did. Do you know that's a principle of ministry? It's a, it's a, this is a leadership study. Leadership study. We want to make sure we got that. Okay. Uh, the Levites and the priests ministered for 400 plus years on what they made. That's amazing. What's going to happen to the things you've built? The people that you've raised up, the people you've invested in, years and years are going to come by from the disciples that you've made. Your Bible study that you're doing right now is going to have a profound effect in people's lives. It's not about you. The team that you're serving on is not about you. It's one of the reasons I love working in children's ministry because I have to get, I have to have this mindset. I am investing for what they're going to be when they're 30 and 40. So even though, you know, right now it doesn't look like a whole lot's happening and I've, you know, I've worked hard and I've preached my brains out and I don't even know if they heard me. I'm aiming at something way down the road. My labor is for something way down there. We have to have that mindset. That's what they had. If we're going to touch Alaska, we need some B-O. We need some folks submitted to leadership and understand it. We need some folks that can stay within the guidelines from leadership. And we need some folks who are willing to see past themselves and look down the road, have a bigger picture. Something else here about these, uh, the BO guys, Bezalel and Oholiab. In, in their working for other people, their work was for other people. You know, they didn't get to sign their name on, the, on like the furniture and stuff. Made by Bezzy. They didn't get to come up, up, up with like cute ways to make sure everybody knew they made that. In fact, after, if you read through the word here, after they're done building and the tabernacle goes up, you don't hear their names anymore. They just kind of did their part and, and the story moved on. You know, that's you and me too. We're going to do our part, and the story, God's epic story, will move on. 
There's a bigger picture here. All right, let's look at the next thing. They were anointed for more than just what they made. They were anointed by the Spirit of God to build teams. So here in chapter 31, filled with the Spirit, Okay, we got that picture to make all this stuff. But when you read over here in 35, you see there's an additional 35 and 36. 36, okay? 30, the end of 35, the beginning of 36. You see an additional thing they were anointed for, and it was to teach others. It was a dual anointing that they had from the Spirit of God to build and make and to teach others. To make disciples. It was an amazing anointing to build teams and everything that they knew how to do to help someone. You know what it reminds me of? Bob Ross. Does anybody watch Bob Ross? No, not did you watch Bob Ross. Does anybody watch him now? Okay, let me give you a little clue. You can go on YouTube, type in The Joy of Painting, or just type in Bob Ross, and you can watch them all. So let's call it the Bob Ross anointing. What's the Bob Ross anointing? If you've never watched Bob Ross, let me tell you what happens. He comes out, the, the show comes on, and he, and he, and he mumbles in this, in this voice. It's so soothing. You just like almost start falling asleep watching it. You could be in like a major hurricane in your house shaking, but if you turn on Bob Ross, suddenly he's calmed every fear in your life. So, so he comes on there and there's a blank canvas most of the time. Sometimes there's a circle drawn. And he'll, he'll tell you what he's going to paint, and by the end of the painting, you feel like you could do that. And you're like, I want to try that. He's like telling you what to do. Pressed, gentle press, gentle press, gentle press. And maybe there's a little squirrel in here, so let's give him something. Like just, just anything. There's, there's no rules here. Just make it up. You can just do it. Yeah. I love watching Bob Ross. He reminds me of what a disciple maker should be like, Okay. He reminds me and encourages me. That's how you make disciples. They watch me do it and they're amazed. How did he make that? Right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? He just starts with a few things, taps the brush. Anyone? Some of you need to go watch Bob Ross. If you're a life group leader, you need to go watch Bob Ross tonight and say, I've got to do that right there. That's what I've got to do. There's an anointing. He, you're amazed because he can do it. But not only are you amazed he can do it, you feel like you could do it. I could do that. It's like a... I could do this. I'm going to go home and try something tonight.
Beat the devil out of that brush. He says it every episode. Beat the devil out of that brush. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about, and I'm sorry. You need to. These guys operated from a Bob Ross anointing of the Holy Ghost. And if we're going to touch Alaska, we do too. But not for painting, unless it's a life group that you do, and you're drawing people. I'm talking about obeying God, being a tither, walking in victory, praying, being a person of prayer, gathering people and ministering to them to see chains broken off of their life, expanding the kingdom of God. They led teams. They were empowered to teach others. You know, God will do that for you. There is not one thing God will not empower you to do. Well, I don't know how to, whatever it is. I don't know how to, I'm not like them. I can't, I don't know how. I want, I want to, if you would, just for a moment, take your Bible. This is not in my notes. Just turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm giving you a little secret here to my own personal petition of the Lord. This is just me personally, because I am asked to do things I don't know how to do. I'm not intelligent enough. I don't have the right understandings. And I'm asked to do things, and this is what I do right here. Second Corinthians. This is going to set some of you just totally up to fulfill God's calling in your life. Just take a look at this. Look at 2 Corinthians 3, 4. Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers. Could it be possible that God, by His Spirit, could empower you to do something you don't know how to do? Absolutely. Maybe you should try to pray, God, make me competent. Or give me some competent people to help me. Either way, it comes from you. Competence comes from the Lord. Maybe that's too big of a word for some of you. Pray that God gives you competence as to what that means. That was funny. That was supposed to be a joke right there. All right, just one, just a couple more, just one more thing here. And it's the last thing about these guys, B and O. Okay, let's just review real quick. Uh, they, they understood submission to leadership. They, we're doing a leadership study here, okay? This is like a leadership lens looking at these two guys. Um, they worked within the guidelines. They labored knowing someone else was going to do what they labored so hard for. It's for someone else. They led teams. And lastly, we've already mentioned it once, but let's write it down. They were filled with the Spirit of God. They were empowered by God to do it. You can do this. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.